The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover! Step back! Presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen right here on 960theref.com. Thanks for checking us out. The Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and in Five Points. Chris Brain from the home team, David Johnston from the morning show, hence the Crossover Podcast. Episode 111, which is almost as many times as George and Auburn have met uh, all time. That's a good one. Coming up on Saturday, it'll be for the final time in November on the Plains over there, and we'll obviously talk uh, an awful lot about that. Uh, easiest way to listen to the crossover podcast now, Dave, is on the 960 The Ref app. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. So whether you have an iPhone or you have an Android, we'll get to your store of choice and download it if you already haven't. It. It's got some great features. The open mic feature, so you can let us know what you're thinking vocally. Of course, you can listen to the dogs within a 75-mile radius slash geofence Whichever you prefer. That's right. The Georgia programming whether it's uh, football, basketball, baseball, uh, you can catch Jeff on the Bulldog Brunch on Sundays. There's obviously uh, Bulldogs Live with Coach Smart, and then when basketball rolls along, Coach Crean. So got a lot of great stuff you can do. And you can go back and listen to our podcasts, and you can listen to our audio from the home team or from the morning show. You can catch Dog Nation Daily. A lot of great stuff on the new 960 The Ref. App. Yep. Listen to the ref where, <clears throat> or listen to the ref wherever you are. Getting choked up just talking. I know about it really it. Yeah. is. So uh, get there and uh, download it today. The nine sixty, the ref uh, app. But Georgia and Auburn coming up this weekend, and the dogs fourth now in the playoff poll. Much to the chagrin of uh, of many, I was I was surprised there was some Georgia backlash seeing the dogs uh, at number four. I guess people just expected Alabama would still be hanging in there in that uh, in that fourth spot. But I feel like the committee was consistent with why Georgia was the highest-ranked one-loss team last week. They were judging them with their quality of wins over Florida and Notre Dame. So if they were going to – if they had Georgia as the highest-ranked one-loss team last week, then to me it's it should have held that they should have been the highest-ranked one-loss team this week too. Yeah, I, I agree. And to me it's like I don't know why everybody's getting worked up about whether Georgia's fourth or fifth because – the dogs aren't part of the eyeball test, right? I mean, they, they have no margin for error. If they went out, they're going to get in the playoff. If they don't, they're not going to get in the playoff, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not a matter of like, oh, if an undefeated Georgia and a one-loss Alabama were, were you know, neck and neck, what would happen? It's not really that. I mean, if you're Alabama, you really you, – you probably need – you just need to more be more worried about LSU winning out, which would mean knocking off Georgia. That would be more beneficial to Alabama than worrying about whether Georgia's fourth or Georgia's fifth, right? Yeah, because I I think Bama is. I mean, they're they're next at number five, and I'm I'm curious to know whether or not Utah, Oregon, or Oklahoma have a way to to jump Alabama because Alabama's gonna. If you look at Utah and Oregon, would play each other in the Pac-12 championship game if they both get there with one loss. But the next three games, I think they both play Arizona. Oregon plays Oregon State. Um, I think think Oregon also plays Arizona State. Neither of them have a tough game. No. But they do have three games that could be losable. Yeah, but Alabama's going to get, and I mean, don't laugh, but Mississippi State is a more highly thought of team than any of those they'll play, and then they're going to finish at Auburn. 
So Bama's going to have – You're no not way, talking about Western Carolina? Oh, I forgot about yeah, that game right, okay. too. Uh, but hey, Bama's show gonna, some respect. Yeah, Bama's going to have these two games that are just going to keep them at least ahead of all of them right now. And it's just – so I guess it's going to come down to the question we don't know the answer to. It's are they going to show up and decide at the end of the season that winning your conference is going to be more important yeah. than just being out there. But I think Alabama would need – they would need LSU to beat us, I think, because I I would think if we somehow beat LSU, LSU would still go. If that would were. be that's what I was saying. I think Alabama needs to pull for LSU to yeah, win. Out. Yeah, yeah, oddly enough, yeah. I think the worst thing for them would be if we won if the Georgia SEC. Georgia won out and LSU won out and Georgia beat them. That would not be good for Bama. No, yeah. So if Georgia beat LSU, and then you sit there and think, well, what if that happened? And then let's say Oregon ran the table and they won the Pac-12. Their only loss would be a neutral site loss to Auburn, but Bama would have beaten Auburn at Auburn. At so Auburn. how do you weigh that, too? I, I think Bama's going to get in with yeah. one loss as long as... LSU wins out, right? Yeah. That's what they have to have happen. Right. I think we they wouldn't get in over us if we had one loss and won the SEC. No. Yeah. I don't think so either. And then LSU, I think, would still get that spot with Ohio State and Clemson. Yes. Yeah. 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 I think that's what would happen there with that. Because I don't see, you know, Ohio State's going to have Michigan and Penn State, who they should beat, and then Minnesota, or I guess still Wisconsin, possibly in the Big uh, Big Ten Championship. But, but they've already smoked uh, what would happen? What would happen if Minnesota, you know, does lose a game here down the stretch and then upset, you know, potentially Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship? Then you got a weird factor going there, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the problem is – Then Bama gets in. Still. I <laughs> it think all comes sub scenario. back to Bama. Bama and then That's maybe – That's the crazy thing. Maybe the Pac-12 winner then slides in over the Buckeyes. By the way, Bama, your dilemma started back in 2016 when you chose to schedule Duke to play in that kickoff class. Yeah. And because – and now granted, I'm sure there were a lot of teams – that didn't want to play Bama when this thing was scheduled. Duke stepped up, and I think back then, and maybe still, you know, got to keep it ACC versus SEC, that kind of thing. They were wanting to do that. But when that game was scheduled in 2016, and it was at the end of 2016, it was like November of 2016, Duke was 4-6 and six at the time. They went on to go 4-8. and eight. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, a lot of these games get scheduled in advance. And you could say, hey, well, we scheduled Southern Cal or we scheduled Texas. We didn't know they were going to be down. But that's not the case here. No, you we were do. scheduling Duke. Yeah. You knew you were getting Duke. It might be a, a six and six Duke. It might be a seven and five Duke. It might be a five and seven Duke. But you knew you were getting Duke, that this could potentially come back to bite you when your other non conference games are. Oh, when nine New Mexico State, yes, and then Western Carolina, and then and like Southern Miss, yeah, who were like six and three, yeah. but still, the week they played Southern Miss, we were playing Notre Dame, right, right, yeah. So in Bama's case, you got to know that there's the potential in 2019 that with this non-conference schedule being as bad as it is, if you do play Duke, it could come back to bite you, and it kind of is because what if they had opened up this year with somebody much more formidable? it would make them look better on their strength of schedule, and that's where they're getting killed well, right yeah, now. Yeah, then they might be sitting there at number four right now because they would have exactly. that quality win, and obviously their loss is not as bad as Georgia's. Right. But they it, don't have that win. Right. That's And Georgia's got two victories, and you can say what you want about, oh, maybe Notre Dame's not as good as we thought they would be or Florida or whatever, 
But Georgia does have two victories over the number 11 team and the number 16 team. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just glad for, for Georgia's standpoint, though, is it really does, even if the quality of win is what's keeping Georgia four right now, it still it doesn't matter. We know it. Georgia has to win, 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 and then win to get in. So and I hope we don't commi- have to root for Florida yeah, this week against that's right. Missouri. Exactly, exactly. And I hope the committee's saying by this, it's like schedule better games, get better wins. Don't be afraid to schedule. Yeah. No, you know, I, that's that's the message you hope they do get sent. We're going to penalize you worse for you know not having good wins. Yeah, and because we're seeing some more attractive games getting scheduled out, but again, they're still it's so for, far out. Yeah, and it feels like they're all being scheduled so far out to coincide with the end of this contract of the four team playoff, which goes to twenty six. Yeah, then it's isn't it funny how all these games are getting scheduled kind of around that time or after that. Yeah, time? when the playoff when, will double, when everyone the size of the field is pretty sure it, it's not going to happen before then. Yeah, right. So it's it's one of those things where yeah, that then the 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 playoff will double to eight, or even if they go six and give two buys or whatever, but more teams will get in. More teams are are eager to schedule each other then but not now that's the problem yeah at this point it it hasn't been and you still are you know we've got these neutral site games that are that are on the schedules for the next couple of years but those seem to be becoming extinct after a while too yeah and we had it was was actually an interesting email on the morning show just saying hey well remember this year or was it next year whatever georgia and ohio state would have been playing if ohio state hadn't backed out which they did, but it's like I, I get that, but it's also been seven years since they backed out. Yeah, that's too far of a of a time frame to say. Well, you could have had a better game. You, you could know, have found we someone. We else. couldn't find somebody. Yeah, it's like no, I don't. I'm not going with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were supposed to play Oregon with a home and home too yeah. at some point, and that ended up getting yeah. shelved. Also, exactly. So, no, it's like there's. There, there, there are too many options out there to, to schedule better games. And you look at our schedules the next couple of years, like 2021, and I'll, I'll be okay with this. But if Georgia's sitting there undefeated in 2021, I mean, we'll be our schedule will be just as big a joke that year as Alabama's is this year. And next except year, there's no like LSU on there. I think we play Arkansas in right. the West. Arkansas in two years. Yeah. And the thing too for next year is we're kind of in the same boat that Bama is this year because we've got Virginia in that. In that um, kickoff classic. Now, we won't be – I think Bama was a 35-point favorite against Duke. I don't know if George will be a 35-point favorite against Virginia, but it probably will be in the 20s. I would think. Now, yeah. you know, Bama had two a back. We don't know if we're going to have Fromm back, so if that's Yeah, and that'll case. make a big difference for sure. But, but, you know, with that being a 20-something point favorite against Virginia, and then you throw in – East Tennessee State, Louisiana Monroe, and then Tech here in Athens. It's not exactly murderer's yeah. row there for non-conference. Tech improving, though, as this first year yeah. under Jeff Collins goes on. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they are improving. They're getting better. They're not winning games, though, and they won't beat us either. But uh, first uh, first things first is the, the game against Auburn this weekend. Where And that's the other thing, the point I've said, too, with, with any critics of Georgia being number four, uh, name all the other one-loss teams that would be favored at Auburn this weekend. Uh, Bama? That's it. Oregon? No. Utah? No. Penn State? No. Oklahoma? No. Not even Oklahoma? Oklahoma, maybe. Maybe. Cincinnati? Uh, no. <laughs> Memphis? Yeah, no. All right, I'll stop. There's an undefeated team that wouldn't be favored there this weekend. Uh, Minnesota? Minnesota, uh, no. Baylor? Uh, Baylor would not be favored at there's Auburn. There's two undefeated teams. Yeah, there's teams. two undefeated teams that wouldn't be favored at Auburn this weekend. So, What would Clemson and Auburn be? Clemson would probably be about 
Yeah, if Georgia's if Georgia's a three point favorite, Clemson would be pushing five a touchdown. Or six. I yeah, would think. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was thinking too. What about Ohio State? Yeah, Ohio same. State would be same yeah. in that neighborhood. Yeah, and even like and I listen, we're all sick of Alabama, but um, the, the like Alabama, if, if Bama and LSU played on a neutral field Saturday, Bama would be favored despite the fact that LSU just beat them. So the only team in the country provided to it was yeah, yeah right the exactly factor. the only team in the country Bama wouldn't be favored over on a neutral is Ohio State. Yeah. So it's like it, you know, it comes back to the: Are we looking for the four best teams, or do we want teams <laughs> that actually win conferences? But uh, you know, as as much as I'd like to to pile on and and kick Alabama while they're down, the reality is like Bama's still one of the uh, they they'd be favored over everyone in the country if they played on a neutral field, except for uh, except for uh, uh, for Ohio State. Would you be good if uh, VegasInsider.com just decided uh, who would who would uh, play in it with their four? Yeah, I mean, the, I, uh, if, the Vegas Insider top twenty five. Yeah, I'll tell if, you what it is. If there were some sort of like, because the those odds makers they don't have any biases. Right, right. So their top four this week. Uh, well, I had it earlier, but anyway, it was LSU, Ohio State. Clemson and Bama, I believe. Okay, well, I wouldn't be okay with that because <laughs> Georgia should be ahead of Alabama. But no, I mean, I I get that, and that's where you you go to you talk, you, you know, you talk about Bama, and it's just we we've seen them. They they keep getting these passes. They lose these games, and they get in. But you know, these are are one games. You know that yeah. They they lose and it's it's a sport and that happens. But the big picture, it's like that suddenly doesn't turn them into some crummy team or or anything like that. And they lost a close game to LSU last week at uh, at home. But it, if they were playing again this week in Atlanta, uh, Bama would be favored again, just like they were last week in in Tuscaloosa. So the uh, yeah, I mean, I res- I respect the the idea of the opinions of the you know people that don't have any biases toward any of these teams whereas yeah we look at it and be like no i hate alabama so they have to go away now <laughs> well just throwing it out there yeah just to see. but that's where i was you know i'm listening to and reading some of like i can't believe georgia was was ahead of alabama and and uh you know okay bama would be favored at auburn too but it's you know do you think oregon should be ranked ahead of georgia utah ranked ahead of georgia georgia's favored at auburn on saturday and auburn's really good yeah but, you know, that's where some just completely objective person is out there saying, we think Georgia – that doesn't mean Georgia's going to win Saturday. It's going to be tough, as of course it is. But Georgia's favorite at Auburn. Here's the one other team to take note of in that Vegas Insider poll, a team that has three top ten losses. They're, they have six wins, and they're, they're not great wins. But they have three losses. They're all in the top ten. We'll be in Athens next week. And they are number 17. So Vegas feels much higher about Texas A&M because they've kind of fallen out of everybody's minds right now because they're not ranked, but they have a loss to Clemson, a loss to Auburn, and a loss to Alabama, and all three of those teams were in the top ten of the Vegas Insider poll. So kind of telling us a week out to, all right, don't go to sleep on A&M. No, A&M and the points are probably going to be the way to go next yeah. week in yeah. Athens. I'll just hope for a, a close win, I know. some sort of win. It would be great if Florida just lost to Missouri Saturday and then the dogs would know they're in the SEC championship game. 
and maybe they could that would relax them a little bit. Yeah, is what is that game? Is that a noon? It's a noon kickoff. Okay, so Georgia would probably Georgia knows where it stands on had taken the field on Saturday, and it sounds like Kelly Bryant is on track to play. To play, I think he's pretty close last week, but they just decided. Not to yeah, do that it. was a, a whole weird thing yeah. where it sounded almost like Kelly Bryant was deciding that he wasn't playing. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which you know, hey, fine by he me. He knows himself better than anybody else. But yeah, that was still kind of strange. Yeah, because that pretty much him not playing that decided the game right then and there. They yeah. had no chance. No, I mean it was like watching the first couple of drives. It yeah. was like, well, they're not even going to score. Exactly. So it's just a matter of. Now let's just watch yeah. Georgia's offense and see if things can get yeah. cranked back up again. I did like the intensity the dogs showed, though, when Missouri did get down to the one-yard line. You knew they, they knew in their heads, hey, we got a shutout going and no one's gotten a rushing touchdown against us. And I think Missouri called a timeout and that Georgia put some of its starters back in. Well, the, the one play they tried to run in there, Monty Rice came in and yeah. blew it up. Yeah. So, yeah. So I noticed, like, suddenly, which, hey, that's good because Georgia was – uh, fighting for something there. I another it. shutout and then yeah did but you that, say i think you said it earlier didn't you that was the most interesting part of the game somebody said that. well yeah it got to that point yeah yeah because the game itself was just it was pretty boring yeah if you were still there freezing yeah then you were there to think like <laughs> this team is not it's nine how many games nine games right yeah. nine games into the season have not given up a rushing touchdown yeah yeah that's ridiculous although i think the call in the florida game for that you know, the, on the goal line where they called it a touchdown? Oh, yeah. If they hadn't called it a touchdown, the Gators would have had the ball on the inch line. I'm not saying they score yeah. a rushing touchdown, but the odds are pretty good that they They do. would have punched it in. So everybody complaining about uh, replay there on that one. And I agree, it didn't look like it, but it might have saved Georgia a little bit there. The preserve the, the no rushing the touchdown The no rushing streak. touchdown thing. All right, the crossover podcast is presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen in Watkinsville and now in Five Points in Athens. Episode 111. Again, you can uh, listen anytime on demand at 960theref.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes or the easiest way. Now download the 960theref app. You get all our content there. It is the easiest way to enjoy 960 the ref Chris and Dave with you a little break and then we'll come back and uh, we'll get into a little bit more of Georgia and Auburn and the matchup coming up this weekend because it is it's a fascinating series between these two teams the deep south's oldest rivalry it's the crossover podcast on 960 the ref true Italian food has returned to five points and brought some friends along because fully loaded pizza kitchen is now open in five points Athens at the new fully loaded pizza kitchen you'll find all your Italian favorites from pizza to calzones and baked ziti along with sandwiches salads wings and more plus a full bar for beer wine and cocktails it's time to eat at the now open fully loaded pizza kitchen at five points in Athens and also in the Manders Crossing Shopping Center off Mars Hill Road in Watkinsville. Episode 111, the crossover podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen. And uh, yeah, the Georgia-Auburn series is, it is fascinating in that, A, how close it's been. I guess Georgia's got three more wins all time now in the series. Thanks to the last 10 years. Yeah, because Georgia's won 11 of the last 14 meetings. Yeah. And And since... 2010 when they won in 2010 with scam and then they won in 13 on the prayer at jordan hair and then they you know blew us out there in 2017 dog crap out of yeah they did yeah every every other game jordan they haven't scored more than a touchdown against us you know it's funny too if you get back to 05 
which was, they won here in Athens, and that's a game Georgia should have let them score at the end yes. get the ball back. But that's it. Like you said, you mentioned those three games. And then even the prayer at Jordan-Hare was, was bad because that was when the series had shifted. Aaron Murray played one of his best games in 2013. That was his third time at Auburn in four years. I know. Yeah. So 10, we went over there twice. 12 and 13. Yep. So to ha- so we're already in a bad mood because we're having to go to Auburn back-to-back years, and then they pull that stunt. Just not just not very good stuff right there. No. But it, it has been, a, like you said, a fascinating series. And on our show this week, we've been asking everybody, you know, what's the first thing that pops in your mind, you know, Georgia, Auburn, and all the different answers are very, you know, very interesting, whether it's the – the fire ho- or the hose game, you know, between the hoses in '86. Whether it's uh, the four overtime game, the first overtime game in SEC history in '96. Whether it was Michael Johnson's catch in '02. Whether it was the very contentious 2010 game where Nick Fairley was just basically the dirtiest player in the history of football. Whether it was the prayer at Jordan Hare in 2013. It's just so many answers yeah there's the blackout the blackout in 07 i'm trying was it what was the the receiver's name was it robert baker that uga robert baker yeah yeah yep Um, jumped at yeah and then Uh, by the way i found something interesting you'll love this so in that 2013 game i hate to keep bringing it up so auburn scores on the long play and there's 18 seconds left and the dogs go right back down the field and they've got a first and 10 at the 25 with eight seconds to go, Georgia runs a play, so it took five seconds off the clock, but there was offsides on Auburn, so they moved the ball up to the 20 with um, three seconds left. The offsides was D Ford, which is so bizarre because he's the offsides of the Chiefs yep. on that interception against the Patriots yeah. last year. Well, I also remember he he – did a headshot on Murray that could have been called targeting yep. and gave gave the dogs like one last play in yep. that game too. Yep, and they didn't call it. Right? No, of course yeah, they well, didn't call it. Not, yeah, and then because yeah, that was the one where I guess Aaron didn't get off a very good pass or something in the last play. But how weird is that that there was an offsides on D Ford? Yeah, to move the ball to the twenty. I mean, you got the ball at the twenty. I mean, you got a shot to I, win it. Right yeah, that's there. A, that's the thing that kind of gets forgotten about with that play. It's that Georgia raced right back yeah. downfield, yeah. and had a uh, shot. Yeah, it was but like that, Arthur Lynch for twenty-two and Isaiah McKenzie for twenty-eight, and then there was an offsides on D four. And you're right there. Yeah, but that's just part of why that the whole series is it is is wacky because that game too, Georgia was getting blown out, and you had gotten to a point where like you accepted that we were going to lose, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, it's like, oh my God, we're winning this game, and then the next thing you know. It horrifically, we've lost it. Yeah, I know. So, and then you know, you throw on the even weirder stuff with Trey Matthews. Um, you know, the I guess Nick Marshall being their quarterback, and you know, all these Georgia yeah. connections, and then just the Georgia Auburn connection over the years, whether it's Vince Dooley, whether it's Pat Dye. You know, whether it's throw any other kind of connection out there that these two schools have had, it's really, really fascinating. Now, are we going to are we going to lose a lot of this because the game is going to be played now earlier in the season? I mean, (laughs) doesn't some of this take on because the you get to November and it feels like there's more on the line then for both the teams? Yeah, because you're running out of games. At least for them, because they're it's like they're the ones that wanted to move this. They finish next year with LSU and Alabama in their yeah. last two games, so maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, the what is the German word? I never came to Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, granted, they get 
LSU at home and Bam on the road, so they do they don't have back to back games on the road or anything like that. But still, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I'm just an old man that wishes the game were still going to be played in the middle of November. I I do too. But then you know it just goes back to well, when Georgia and Auburn play next year, what am I going to be doing? Oh, I'm going to be watching the Georgia Auburn. I know. Game, yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. But and is ten- will Tennessee become the next? Middle, like, will that stay forever? Oh, and where we have wacky where, things yeah, happen against them? I yeah. I mean, I guess we could go and talk about the Tennessees. It just doesn't seem like there's any other series that just has as many of these weird things. No, to have played so for as long as it yeah, has. Be and be so attached. Yeah, and for there be, you know, the the crossbreeding between the two schools yeah. that you know you brought up and just the how close and yeah. even once upon a time the the all-time points in the series was like exactly. dead even we've pulled ahead yeah. now because we've had a few blowouts in there we had somebody email in and say i think they should go back to a neutral site and play it in columbus every year <laughs> i yeah. guess there was some some joking there but it's also funny too that that used to be a big neutral site game yeah. yeah, we talk about Georgia, in Columbus. Florida. Yeah. yeah, which probably would have had the same. Hey, that's more of a home game for, <laughs> for Auburn, Auburn than it yeah. is for. Uh, Might be in Georgia, but it's a lot closer to Auburn's campus. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be weird not seeing this game in uh, November starting, and that's the thing too. It's like how quickly that happened. If you the, the word was, oh yeah, Georgia and Auburn aren't going to be playing in November every year. That'll be starting in 2020. So this <laughs> is it. This is the final time they'll. Playing no November, at least for the foreseeable do, future. Do you think, I mean, if you had to like play odds that the SEC will go to a nine-game conference schedule at some point and then the Georgia-Auburn series might not be played every year, you know, or, you know what I mean? Do you, do you think there would still be the chance that Georgia and Auburn would play every year? They'd get rid of, you know, Tennessee wants to get out, and I don't blame them. It's like, wait a minute, we got to play Bama every year from the West. That's not fair, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And do you think that that's something that might change down the road? I, I, I fear, yeah. Opponent. I fear that is going to happen. That's yeah. that. That'll be in what twenty five or twenty six. Because yeah. because this is really it's the, all about the same time that the playoff yeah. contract has to be renewed. Because this is really the only series of those permanent cross division rivalries that's probably cherished because like ten- Tennessee would they, they'd they jump would, out Alabama in a second they haven't beaten Bama since I get the feeling Florida and LSU wouldn't care if they didn't play each other every no year. I think Georgia and Auburn are the only two schools yeah. that play each other every year that would probably yeah. like to continue that so yeah. I would yeah no I I yeah I'm worried there's a, a real chance that we're you know we're like oh my god Georgia and Auburn not being played in November anymore and like well how about this Georgia and Auburn not being played every year anymore <laughs> could be something else that's coming down the line and maybe like people already know that and that's why they were just they so easily just went yeah we'll just move the game out of november because we know at some point the game's not even gonna be getting played every season yeah hey if you've got the new 960 the ref app and you're within 75 miles of athens you could listen to the game on the app very very cool all the georgia sports programming plus the open mic feature where you can take 30 seconds of your life and let us know what you think yeah you can let it all out. <laughs> you can let it all out. Um, I also mentioned this too. Are we when we're running up the middle? Uh, you can let it all out. You can let it all out. You can, <laughs> you can tell James Coley what you think of him. Yes, since he seems to be the new Mike Bobo. Now I was going to switch gears and ask you if you're Arthur Blank and the Falcons did what they did Sunday. Would you have fired Dan Quinn immediately because it just makes everything even more maddening? 
<laughs> well, also when you find out that he did, he, it's like Jeff Albrick and uh, Raheem Morris were play, calling yeah. the plays on defense. Right, right. So, like, yeah, it just makes you look even worse now. Yeah. It's like, why did you have him coaching the offense, Raheem Morris? I know. That's like, so like, he was on offense and then, yeah. Um, like, what is going on over there? Yeah. Now, but now, like, the fear is, is what if it, what if Atlanta does, like, rally and go, say they finish, like, 7-9? and nine? So then does, I mean, does Quinn stay then? Keep his job. That means, hey, you know, you really. Dimitrov? I think Dimitrov is staying anyway. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I don't think he's going anywhere. He and Arthur Blink and Rich McKay are, yes. there's nothing's breaking them up. In fact, like Dimitrov might actually end up with more power than he currently has. Yeah, Because yeah. like the part, I think part of Dimitrov's argument would be the drafts he's been making the last couple of years have been what Quinn has wanted. That's what he's telling Arthur Blank. Yes. Or that's that's the yeah. appearance. Like, of this it. is what you wanted me to do. So then. So there you go. Yeah. This is not on me. These are your players. Right. Because we wanted to build the Legion of Boom on defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which they did on, on Sunday, which is so bizarre. Yeah. Like, really, where did that come from? I know. It's really like I was thinking, like, honestly, that's. That's the performance of the year in the NFL for a team to go to New Orleans and hold them out of the end zone. Yeah, like for that's, the first time in Drew Brees' career as a Saints yeah. starter. Who's had a more impressive win than that? No one in the NFL. The fact I mean, the Ravens yeah. over the Patriots. The yeah. I don't know. What are the Patriots like? The Baltimore scored thirty-seven points, and the Patriots are giving up about ten a game. Well, the Patriots' defense are, has given up eight touchdowns. That's not yeah. counting special team yeah. scores or non-offense. They've given up eight touchdowns, and and the Ravens scored four of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that, that's the that's the only other game that you know just jumps to mind right away. There might be another one or two, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, I know that was that's sports. <laughs> It is. Because you know what now? like It's South Carolina beating Georgia. That's what the Falcons beating the Saints was. Yeah, and now Sunday the Falcons go to Carolina. They'll probably bound 24 nothing at half. That's why the uh, Panthers minus 5.5 doesn't look too bad. No, not at all. Yes. <laughs> In case you're wondering what I might got, be thinking on yeah, that Yeah, they got game. McCaffrey. And... I mean, isn't it so weird, too? I know that it was a snow globe, but – he, I mean, he was a half inch away from getting into the end zone at the end of that game, and they still would have had to go for two, but they could have tied it up. But there, there's the the replay thing, not having a good view of trying to see if he got in or not. Yeah, they. It was like there was one view that might have been all right, but then one of the players was the, standing. Yeah, in one front of the of receivers it. was standing yeah. right there. Well, it's not his fault. I mean, that's just where he happened to be standing, but yeah. it blocked the view. I yeah. know. Yeah, but there, you know. You know, there is a way they could tell where the ball is. It's the Hawkeye system. They do it in tennis. But we're <laughs> yeah. still relying on, like, you know, guy, like guys in their eyeballs. Because I don't know if you saw this, but in the the Lions, whoever the Lions played, oh, the Lions and Bears, mm-hmm. the Lions were running, like, their two-minute offense, and they threw a pass to, I think it was Kenny Galladay, caught it. Mm-hmm. And so he got up and marked the ball. <laughs> Clearly, though, he ran two yards ahead of where he caught it put the ball down the ref came you know and just like touched the ball and that was it didn't was, move it no the ball was Yikes. just marked right where Kenny Galladay put it down you know because they were trying to hurry yeah. up so he went and raced and the center got down there and they ran a play but it's like uh he just gave them so he just gave they just got two free yards well I'll just go back to what Greg Sankey told me for college football or for the SEC not the NFL hey you just need to enjoy, you just need to enjoy the game yeah 
Isn't that why Deal we watch? Because yeah. officials are humans and they make errors? Like, no, <laughs> that's not why I like. Yeah. I don't like the games being decided by them. But there's like, yeah, but there's technology because tennis uses it where yeah. you could tell where the ball is without having, you know, like I can't see them in that mass of humanity. Well, that's yeah. true. You can't, but we can, t- we can figure out where the ball is. Yeah. There'd be a way to tell if that yeah. thing was across the goal line or not. Yeah. I but know. We'll just keep relying on, you just know, whatever. Yeah. The bad camera angles. Bad camera and, angles. And, and look, I, humans make mistakes. I get it. But we have ways of doing a pretty yeah. good job of overcoming that. I'd rather them not. I'd rather the players decide the outcome of the game, though, and not you know the the officials. Yeah, with their guessing games. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, uh, appreciate you checking us out again this uh, week. We'll be back uh, next week with another exciting edition of the Crossover Podcast. We'll recap the uh, hopefully a victory over Auburn and the final home game of the season. It flies by against uh, Texas A&M. You'll have uh, an adult male named Kirby and an adult male named Jimbo (laughs) coaching against each other. Who make a combined $14 million a year. Yes, they do. (laughs) Or maybe more. It's the Crossover Podcast presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com and the 960theref app. Absolutely. You've been listening to The Crossover, presented by Fully Loaded Pizza Kitchen on 960theref.com.